things he won't share with us The darkness in his brain The dungeon master's plan The pleasure and the pain What's better left unknown Keep calling out to me I hear him think out loud To die Only the brave shall come Open to page one My name is Che Webster and this is the Roleplay Rescue Dungeon Master's Diary. Hey Che, I know I've mentioned this before but it bears repeating. I am really enjoying your deep dive into GURPS. As a game system that I have always wanted to play, it is really beneficial to me, and it's making me want to play it even more. I do have one question. As I listen to what you're saying, it seems that GURPS has virtually a rule for everything. And to some, that would imply a very crunchy rule system. I'm wondering from the player's point of view, do you notice that a very granular rule system has any real benefit over a simple rule system? Especially, I think, when you're playing with younger players. Looking forward to your response. Hello, Frank. Thanks very much for your call in and for your support on kind of GURPS. Your question is an interesting one. I think there are a couple of bits of terminology there that um, are perhaps worth just digging into. You talk about a game being crunchy and you talk about a game being granular. And obviously I'm going to interpret those words in my own way. So for crunchy, for me, that means there are a lot of options for players. There are a lot of things that their characters have as specific things on the character sheet. So for me, a game that is crunchy um, is a game like GURPS where there are potentially many, many choices you can make of things to add to your sheet and those things are very, very sort of specific. And the second side of that is granular, whereby I guess what you mean is there's lots of difference between individual things. So for example, I guess a, a less granular game system might have skills, for example, that are more broad. I think Savage Worlds is a good example of a game that has quite broad skills that you would know. There are only a handful of skills really in the game. Uh, you might have something like fighting as a very broad skill for anything to do with, yeah, fighting. GURPS breaks that down, right down into melee and gun skills and then even further into specialisms. So with melee, I can choose sword, I can choose pole arms, I can choose knife. And for guns, you know, is it a pistol? Is it a long arm? You know, are we talking rifles here? You know, all that sort of stuff's there. I don't know about other players, and obviously my players are relatively new to the game, but I know that for me, games in the past that I've played that have this kind of detail, so I'm talking about games like Mithras, which I really enjoy, which is of its own back, the kind of development of RuneQuest system, um, games uh, are related to that and adjacent to that, like Call of Cthulhu, um, they have relatively granular, if you like, skill systems. GURPS goes further than that. 
I guess in many ways. Another game that really digs deep for me uh, was Rollmaster, that kind of detail. For me, what it, it made it very clear to me what my character can and can't do, and that kind of opens up my mind. I know that some players find that having things on the character sheet, they find that limiting, but I don't, I find it kind of helpful to be able to look at my sheet and know what my character can do, and if it's not there, what they can't do. What I like and think is interesting about GURPS is that almost everything I want to do on the sheet, if it's a skill anyway, you can do that by default. There's a there's this very simple idea that if it's an easy skill, you're at minus four. If it's an average skill, you're at minus five. And if it's a hard skill, you're at minus six off the stat that it's based on. And I find that easy to remember and I find that easy to use. So I know that I can have a go, for example, at picking a lock if I had some lock picks. Um, but if I'm making the roll under pressure, I'm going to be at a minus five but you know I, I don't find that difficult and I find that personally I, know, I like to know what I can and can't do I also like a game where you know if you don't have the skill you can't do it because that's the way it is in real life but then again I'm looking for a deep level of verisimilitude I don't know if that answers your question um, it certainly waffled a bit didn't it but hey thanks again for the call in Frank great to hear from you Hey, Jay, this is Jason, Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Enjoyed your second episode of your DM's Diary. Great stuff. Thank you so much for playing in my game the other night. That was a wonderful game. You guys did great. Uh, Spencer did great for his very first online game. I agree with you. It was great fun. Maybe we'll revisit that. There's some thoughts you guys want to revisit your characters. It probably won't be immediately after. We'll pick up a while after, I think. Because Barbarians of Lemuria is more of a one-shot system than a campaign kind of system. And that way, if not all, not everybody can join in, you know, if we pick up six months later, it's easier to explain why not everybody's there. But anyway, it was a great game. I really enjoyed it. And I agree with you on Roll20. I'd almost rather do it in something like... So, remember we watched... I said watched. Remember we played in Jason Hobbs's game on Twitch. I don't want to do it on Twitch... But something like that where I can throw an image in the background and then have, have everybody's face there, including mine, around the image. Because, you know, for that game, it's more theater than mine, but I like to throw the images up. So something like that Twitch thing and then just have everybody roll at home. That's kind of, I think, what I'd like to do. I'm going to have to do some more research and see what I want to use for a, a system to host this game. But, yeah, we'll, we can definitely revisit the world. As far as your other thoughts... We talked about you running a one-shot, maybe doing your your GURPS game, your Dungeon Crawl game. Use Dungeon Fantasy. I'd love to do that. I mean, you don't have to, but I bought Dungeon Fantasy when we were talking about the Potion Kickstarter not too long ago. And after dropping, I don't know, a couple hundred dollars, whatever, on all the Dungeon Fantasy books, I would love to be able to play something with them. So if you want to run one-shots with Dungeon Fantasy and um, Fantasy Ground, I'd, you know, I'd heck i'd take days off work to play that so but you're doing a great job with your damn journal really appreciate it really enjoying it um keep up the great work i'll talk to you later jason 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 yeah okay um so listeners will know if they've been paying attention to social media that i agreed to run a game on saturday the 2nd of november 2019 7 p.m uk time because of this call-in. Jason, thanks for calling in and great to hear from you. And again, glad you're enjoying the show. And yeah, you know, come on, let's run a game then. 
GURPS Dungeon Fantasy, it is on Fantasy Grounds. And I'm going to use Doug Cole's uh, Hall of Judgment adventure. It's going to be a, quite a bit of work to get it ready for next weekend. But yeah, okay, I made a commitment. We've got three players. We've got Jason. I've got you. I've got um, also two other guys, Tamo and also Lan, who are guys who gave with me playing um, Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition and also Castle and Crusades online using Fantasy Grounds via the Extraordinary Gamers Society, which is you know what we're all part of. If anyone's listening, there's one seat at the table. All you got to do is get on extraordinarygamers.com and sign up. 2nd of November, 7 p.m. UK time. Game on. Hey up, Shay. Shandy Andy here. Glad to see you back in the saddle again. Enjoyed the first episode of Dungeon Master's Journal. I'm taking that as a clue for where our campaign might be going, rightly or wrongly, and I'm looking up costs for 10-foot poles already. Anyway, just wanted to really say that um, as regards recording the sessions, uh, it makes no difference to me whether you do or don't. Um, I, I must admit, within 30 seconds, if you're doing it, I'd completely forgotten you were recording it anyway. <laughs> so uh, I certainly trust you to uh, only put on suitable content if it goes onto the internet from our sessions. So fine by me. Anyway, looking forward to Friday, mate. See you then. Bye-bye. Hey up, Andy. Thank you for calling in. And thanks for giving permission to put out the session recordings. Of course, I better, I suppose, ask the other two players. You're going to hear in this episode just how I responded to listening back to it, because I've finally done that, and I'm not going to give any spoilers right now. But Andy, if you're listening to this, and I guess you might be, just watch out for the spoiler later on in the show. There is a spoiler. You will get a spoiler alert. And just wanted to let you know. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how long that section is. I think maybe four or five minutes. But, you know, just be ready. All right. Here goes. Hey, Monday morning. I've been feeling a bit low today, uh, but I just had an unexpected mail call. Um, so I thought I might share that with you and just sort of unpack. Um, so there are three parcels. Three or less. Have a look. Number one. Oh, okay. Uh, all right, cool. So the fantasy trip. I've got um, stuff from Gaming Ballistic. I have uh, five adventures, basically. Five little booklets. These are... Uh, Kind of, what is it, the letter-sized. Black and white interior, colour art. I've got Vampire Hunter Belladonna, Curse of the Pirate King, The Crown of Eternity, Citadel of Ice, and Iron Skull Castle. All um, by various authors. We've got two from David Pulver, one... Uh, sorry, three by David Pulver and two by Christopher R. Rice and Edward Tremlett. Uh, all published by Douglas's Cole, Douglas Coles' uh, Gaming Ballistics. So that's awesome. I had completely forgotten that I kickstarted that. Um, and it's really, really cool. Um, next I have um, a larger parcel. A 
rather chunkier parcel, a big kind of envelope, which um, inside has yeah, another envelope. <laughs> I love these. I always, always, always find myself um, enjoying opening parcels. Nicely wrapped rather inside baggies inside. Um, so I have a copy of GURPS basic set characters basically from eBay. These are two eBay purchases that I got rather cheaply. Um, so I got a second hand copy of the GURPS characters basic set characters rule book. Yes, I do own it already, um, but I wanted another copy. Um, and this was quite cheap on eBay, I think it was um, about £14, something like that. Um, so that was really kind of cool. Just looking, actually, I'm curious to see which printing it is because the very first printing, not so good binding. So um, my, my one of those fell apart. So I used to have two copies of this. Um, and then the binding on my first, very first edition copy that I got in 2004 was kind of some of the pages started to fall out. So I, um, I only have really one functioning copy and I wanted to replace that. I like having copies at the table, although I think actually my players actually all own a copy. Um, and then with that is a copy um, of a particular supplement that I like the idea of. Uh, Warehouse 23, Things They Don't Want You To Have uh, by John, S. John Ross, is for GURPS. Um, and it's essentially uh, a collection of strange and interesting things. Uh, so if you think about Warehouse 13 TV series, I, I personally feel it's completely based upon... Um, this supplement, whereas 23, it's like almost like I think the writers that stole this idea. Maybe it's not a particularly new idea. It's a cultural thing, isn't it? This idea of like hidden place and storage. Anyway, I, I got a copy of that because I really do like the weird, um, and I think Jason Connolly will appreciate the thought of the, you know adding that to my conspiracy pile. Um, and then finally, oh yes, a Docs Direct package. I had a few things printed up because I'm very curious about some of the GURPS supplements. Um, what I do love about Docs Direct, that sound was a banana skid hitting the table. <laughs> they send sweeties. Um, and I, I, so I basically had printed up some, some of the supplements that are in PDF only. Um, I've been doing this for a while now with um, kind of Dungeon Fantasy. So I have, um, first of all, printed off the big tome that is GURPS Social Engineering, which is basically the GURPS take on um, ways of dealing with social interactions and social challenges, which I was very curious to read, um, kind of using that, um, and which, you know, is an 88-page book, so I kind of want to read it on PDFs fine, but I find it much easier to sit down and read these things. So that's kind of cool, that's social engineering. I also bought two books on magic, Thaumatology Range. Um, there's a book called Sorcery, which is um, an interesting new take on magic, uh, building a sorcerer. Um, and basically, in, in GURPS as written, you have um, spells as skills, and what Sorcery does is treat um, essentially the spells as powers, which is a distinction that you might only appreciate if you play GURPS, but essentially using the advantage system rather than the skill system. Um, and then uh, a book called Thaumatology Ritual Path Magic, which is about kind of more based on 
uh, perhaps the way magic is conceived of in the real world, you know, in terms of hermetic magic and such. Um, a system developed originally for the Monster Hunters uh, range of supplements, which I also really like, but fully expanded and developed and kind of broadened out for use anywhere. And I thought this might be useful. I mean, I was looking at both of them because I'm thinking about my Ice Age game, and I thought it might be interesting to look at some different magic systems that are fully worked. Um, and I like the fact, so this is about products, isn't it? Um, you can sit there and you can build your own, and Thaumatology as a hardback book, it kind of deals with a number of different ideas for dealing with magic, and presents some sort of half approaches and some suggestions and ideas and, and things like that. But what these booklets do is, you know, someone sat down and worked out how they to use that in a game, how to develop that and, and run a system in a game. And I like that pick up and play kind of element. I can grab that supplement, throw that in and use it. And uh, so, yeah, giving them a root. So there we go, a bit of haul this morning. Um, so much for me not buying books, eh? Tuesday morning, Jason Connolly has persuaded me to run a one-off adventure on the 2nd of November. Um, the idea is to, we had a lot of chat about it, but the idea in the end was to use the Dungeon Fantasy RPG, the big box set that's powered by GURPS, to run an adventure and I thought it might be kind of cool to dig out Doug Cole's Hall of Judgment adventure. I, I've i backed all of his uh, Kickstarters to produce Viking inspired material for the Dungeon Fantasy RPG and it's pretty cool stuff. Um, so uh, the only thing I have to do is find the book amongst the many stacks of books that I own um, but it should be okay and in there I believe there are a lot of pre-gens so I'm hoping I can just basically steal those, pop them into Fancy Grounds, which is what I'll be using. So far, three players signed up. Two of my old buddies, old online gaming buddies, um, Tamo and Lan, have both said they're up for a game and have signed up. And obviously Jason signed up. There's a, there's a fourth seat at the table. We'll see if anyone takes it. But it doesn't particularly matter if they don't. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about it. To be honest with you, it's a little intimidating. I, I don't know why because I've done online gaming before. I just think there's a bit of prep to do, and I sort of shy away from that a little bit. What's up? The upside of that, though, is that obviously I'm playing GURPS, at least, you know, it's a very, very slightly tweaked version of GURPS, so it's the same game and all the same rules, just a few things are clarified and a few things are missing. You know, there's no guns, for example. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's a bit of news, and I'm obviously... I mean, by the time you get this, it'll probably be even closer to the event. But, um, yeah, kind of uh, up for that. A little edgy. We'll see. Second thing I wanted to say was I just got uh, James J. Shields has just uh, messaged me to let me know the second batch of 10 images is ready for my artifact cards, which is kind of cool. And some of them look great. Um, in fact, they all look great, let's be honest. But <laughs> some of them look particularly cool. Um so I'm I'm looking forward to perhaps dropping those into some card designs uh, over the next couple of days and getting the next set done. I realised I, I also wanted a second... I wanted a few more of the potions that I've got. And I've got a couple of images that James has done for potions and sort of potion grenades and stuff. So I, um, I think what I might do is make some duplicates, same image, but sort of different card numbers, slightly different description. And then obviously in my key book, different um, key... I think I might do that, I'd reuse some of the art that way. Um, maybe that isn't cheating too badly. <laughs> anyway, just a quick update. Um, feeling slightly better than I did yesterday. Uh, we'll just see how things go through the week. Game on.
Oh, at the risk of this all being unboxings this episode, here's another one, a little packet here from World of Books. Dave Aldridge, are you paying attention? Dave, this one's on you. The Riddlin Reaver, he says, holding it up to the mic as if you can see it. The Riddling Reaver by Steve Jackson. Um, fantastic. I have a copy. Brilliant stuff. Thank you, dude, for letting me know about this. I'm going to dive into it with in earnest. And it looks like it's pretty pristine as well. Love the job. Right, it's Wednesday morning and I've just been sitting down working my way through how to simplify, I suppose, or streamline uh, GURPS. So Frank Turfler has asked me to um, kind of share my thoughts on uh, a kind of basically replacing GURPS Ultralight with something that is still GURPS but is light. And so I turned my mind to that this morning. And Frank and I are in sort of involved in an ongoing dialogue, I guess. I don't want to talk about the details of that, but I just wanted to say that I spent some time working on that idea today, and it's sort of initially promising. Um, and I've just been playing a very, very quick kind of uh, bit of play. Um, and I'm just going to sort of continue playing with that uh, for a little bit solo. Um, so basically going into the Dungeons of Thrall as if I was a, a, a solo adventurer and seeing how um, that plays with a very minimal set of uh, rules from GURPS in play. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. All right, it's Thursday morning. Um, it's about 11 o'clock, actually. I've been up for a few hours working on getting ready for my Kovnia game tomorrow with the guys. It's Friday night gaming tomorrow night. What have I done today? Um, I'll work in reverse order. I have completed my artifact card keys for the first 10 cards that I have. I sent that to print at docsdirect.com and that should be coming tomorrow. Yeah, I've rushed it and I've got it on a definite we will come tomorrow postage thing, which has cost quite a bit. But I really want the little booklet and I'm hoping it'll be, it'll be serviceable. What I do also have obviously is a PDF of that, which I can look at on my tablet. So that's handy. Okay, what did I do before that? Before that, I actually took some time to update uh, my notes. Now, what I've been using is Microsoft OneNote. I find it quite useful to use on my tablet. I have a, an iPad and I can look at stuff on there um, quite easily. And so what I've done is I've dropped the maps on and I've kind of annotated around the maps um, on my laptop. And then obviously I can access those on my iPad, which is great. And I use an Apple Pencil so I can annotate by hand as I go through the adventure, which is kind of nice. So what have I created? Um, this is a spoiler alert. I repeat, this is a spoiler alert. Um, updated the whole kind of map of Northern Palantir I have as GM and I've created uh, all the locations on Hexa Numbers now have uh, I've updated it so all the settlements are listed by where they are Hexa in and also all of the potential adventure sites and locations are the fixed ones 
are listed um, on their hexes. So that's really, really good. Then I went through and um, created and already imported my random uh, encounter tables for the three or four, it's four zones um, on the map, which are all most likely where the players will go next time. So I've got a random encounter table for the Justinian Wall. I've got a random encounter table for what is known as the Justinian Walls. And, and then the Eastern and the Western Plains, either side of the North Wall, also have a separate uh, encounter table. And I have taken some time to just import various bits and pieces. So along with that, I looked at the character sheets and I've worked out their movement rates in the wild. There's some interesting stuff that came out of that. So it turns out that basically uh, Shandy Andy's character, um, whose name has just gone out of my head, which is really, really bad of me. Um, his character it can move basically half as fast again as the other two. So he has the option, actually, of scouting ahead if he wanted to. Um, but as a party, you know, they are not going to make great progress. They're not going to move even faster. They're so encumbered. I mean, the two heavy, the two, the cleric and the fighter, if you like, the uh, Dave's, Dave's kind of uh, mercenary fighter guy and Ian's uh, clerical initiate, uh, they're heavily armoured and heavily geared up. So when they're in the wilds, it's going to be trudging along at quite a slow rate. But I've worked all that out and, and got that good. Um, the only thing I kind of need to do is just actually, and I, I should have done this before the first game, but I didn't, is do a GM control sheet. In, in GURPS terms, what that is is a sheet that just lists all the key information you need about each of the characters uh, for quick reference, um, which is really, really handy. So I, I need to do one of those. Um other than that, what else did I do this morning? There's a few bits and pieces that have kind of come along with all of that. Um, I'm just trying to think what they were. I guess it doesn't really particularly matter. I don't know how interested any of you guys are anyway. Um, suffice to say, I'm better prepped than I would have been. Um, I've kind of finalised the details of what some of my artefacts are. I really enjoyed doing that. It took some time, but I enjoyed doing that. And I, yeah, I kind of feel like I know where I'm going. I, I mean, the guys, I know that they're aiming to head out of Grimm's Fort and towards the Temple of Justithia. Um, so that's a pretty straightforward kind of trajectory. But beyond that, I really don't know quite what they'll do. So, uh Let's see, I guess. Game on. It's Thursday night and I've just finished listening through the first session recording. Two hours, 43 minutes, I think it is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was it was entertaining, actually, to listen back through. I made several notes along the way as well. I kind of threw open my Evernote app and jotted down a few things that came out of the session that I'd perhaps forgotten about or which um, were details that I'd had sort of overlooked, I suppose, um, you know, and lost from my memory. I think the greatest benefit has been to just listen back through the session and essentially I have a record of what happened, which I don't have from memory. 
and I don't really have from notes because I'm not a kind of person to sit and make a lot of notes during a session. So for me, this is great. It's been really interesting to listen to, if long. But it's actually been quite illuminating. And I realise that the pacing around the table isn't as bad as perhaps I think it is. I also realise the guys seem to be having a good time. Plenty of laughter. So yeah, there are some ups and downs in it. And uh, the first half, hour and a half or so is a heck of a lot more high-paced with, I guess, me driving things a little bit more than the second. Um, but as the guys kind of start their investigation and start their talking amongst themselves a bit more, it is actually quite interesting to hear them sort of start to solve the problems that are going on in the story. So yeah, I enjoyed it. I think I'm going to plus play tomorrow or plus record, sorry, tomorrow as well. And I think it's a really good thing um, just to get a record of the sessions, you know. Maybe if we do get this going on an ongoing basis, then, you know, I'm going to have a record of the whole campaign. <laughs> it's good stuff. Game on. All right, it's Friday afternoon. Just wanted to kind of cover off a couple of things that happened this morning. I think I spent a little bit of time this morning. First of all, I had a little bit of a chat online with Dave Aldridge, whom, if you remember back a few episodes ago, he was uh, inviting me to get involved in playing Rifts Atlantis with him. We had a brief chat, really brief chat today on Discord um, and basically decided to use Savage Worlds uh, to sort of get started. He's very familiar with that game and, and up for it. And obviously there is a Rift Savage Worlds conversion. So we're just going to play around with that. And it was kind of fun. This morning I'd also opened up the Discord server for Roleplay Rescue for the first time. Um, by the way, if you're a patron, you have access and you can come on in. And if you're not a patron, there are some non-patron rules rooms in there, sorry, too. So you can come and join in. Um, but anyway, I've created a separate room for Dave and I to play Rifts Atlantis. And uh, we're kind of looking forward to that. So that was the first thing. Second thing was I received my booklet this morning. Yay. Uh, what am I talking about? The Artifact Card Key Book. Um, and I took a couple of photos and put those up on Patreon and on my uh Sorry, on Patreon and on my um, various social media outlets. But it's nice to get the booklet. I finally got it ready in time for tonight. Hooray! And the last thing I did is I actually... Um, I don't know if you know, I like using index card size reference cards, especially for monster stats. And I, I kind of dropped a couple of monster stats onto some new cards. Oh, dear. Uh, onto some new cards today. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of fun to do. Uh, I'm also going to be referencing the Dungeon Fantasy role-playing games monster book for a few things if they come up from random monster tables. But my plan is over the long term to slowly build up my little index card box of stuff that's sort of developed for my campaign. And it was good to do some of that this morning as well. So I really enjoyed getting ready for tonight's game. I'll find out what happens later. Here we go. Game on.